Father, you are a good, good father, a mount of, the, of redeeming love. May we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, I, our, our text today is potentially the most inappropriate text on, uh, on Potluck Sunday. Uh, so go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be starting in verse 16. Um, one day, I promise, I will get this down to be significantly more smooth. It's just not right now. But open up to Matthew chapter 6. Um, today, we're, the last couple weeks, we've been going through uh, Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus gives three examples of secret righteousness. One is giving, one is prayer, and one is fasting. And on Potluck Sunday, again, that's an awful thing to cover. But hey, you know what? I didn't order the Bible. God did. So I'll, I'll, I'll blame him. Uh, <laughs> so go ahead and read with me Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, so there was once a Bible study where um, where there was a good mix of ranges, but it was mostly young, and it was a younger guy that was teaching, and, and they were going through the Sermon on the Mount, and they come to this passage, and the leader spends, spends some time discussing why they should fast, and there were, there were a number of reasons that he was giving, um, and they, uh, so all, all of a sudden, one of the older guys in the group, and again, older is subjective here, but he was in his 40s, and he interrupts and he goes, wait, hold on, you guys aren't fasting? I thought everybody did that. So fasting is, is one, of those, one of those things that, I mean, we might know that we're supposed to do it, but we, 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 we probably don't. And that's not really a, a, a declaration or a condemnation on us. Um, John Calvin actually had a really, really good statement about fasting. He said, essentially, Christians typically don't understand what fasting is. They undervalue it. They consider it unnecessary or reject it as silly and superstitious. Fasting, uh, if, I'm, if I can def define it, is is, is uh, purposefully depriving ourselves of food for a period of time. And you all have had to do that to go to the doctor at some point, right? The doctor says you need to fast. And you're like, how fast? <laughs> you want to know how long before you can eat, right? Um, so, so we know what fasting is, but fasting generally is probably not something we really have a handle on. Kind of like, you know, giving or, or, or even like reading the Bible. We, we can trivialize it. We can, we can over-spiritualize it. Or we can, we can two ends of the spectrum, right? We don't really know where we're supposed to sit in it. 
And maybe we try to cover up this text so that we're not responsible for it, right? As my wife always says when she teaches, hey, I taught you this, now you're responsible for it. You have to live in light of it. So today, Jesus is really going to confront us all. Maybe we've ignored fasting or treated it as something extra holy like the Pharisees did. Though we may, not, may or may not have practiced it while we treated it as something extra holy. Uh, we're going to explore what, what Jesus' words say about fasting, the role and goal of fasting, and make sure we apply a biblical concept of fasting to us. So, again, what is fasting? If, if you were to define fasting, um, like I said, one day I'll be so much better at this, but that point is not now. Uh, so fasting, again, is purposefully depriving ourselves of food for a period of time to seek the Lord and declare through hunger our dependence on God. So our sermon summary for today is fasting is a normal act for Christians, sharply turning our gaze on God. So we have, we, we have those three examples of righteousness, right? Giving, prayer, and fasting. There are three different acts that a Christian does that are normal. Um, if, if, if we, if, if we want to think about what fasting um, is, we might be tempted to, uh, to jump into the Pharisaical form of fasting, which if you, if you know, if you know Pharisee, Pharisaical history, they would fast twice a week. So two days a week, they would not eat. Uh, some early Christians picked that up. Um, it's uh, it's it, the, the way you would pronounce the book, but it, it's it's didache, uh, but it's it's spelled didach. Um, but if you read didach chapter eight verse one, mentioned in it is that Christians should be fasting twice a week. Well, that's a non-canonical book. It's not something we consider true. But it's easy to think that oh, fasting is normal, which is our first point. Fasting should be normal to the Christian life. So normal. Well, what does normal look like? What does it mean to fast normally? And why do I say we should fast normally? Well, look, in, look again in verses 16 and 17. Jesus says in both those verses, when you fast. Starting in verse 16, and when you fast, do not look gloomy. And then verse 17, but when you fast, anoint your head. So fasting, is it a command? No, it's not exactly a command, but it is an expectation. Because if Jesus didn't expect us to fast, he wouldn't have said the words, when you fast. So the Pharisees would fast twice a week. And, and they would, on those days, everybody knew the days. They were particular days of the week. Everybody knew those days. And so Pharisees apparently would look gloomy. They would, oh, woe is me, and take dirt and spread it on their face. Oh, this is awful. I can't stand this. And tear their clothes. Oh, if only I wasn't such a poor sinner. <laughs> They would, they would try and make everybody have pity on them. Oh, man, I'm glad I'm not that religious. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a Pharisee, but I'm glad they are so that I don't have to do it. 
Nowadays, Jews actually practice fast six times a year, and they just recently celebrated Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, uh, which is the one time that they fast on a Shabbat, on a, on a Sabbath. That was, I think, September 27th through the 28th or 9th. Um, so Jesus says, when you fast... So the implication then is that you should be fasting. Are you fasting? And not for the doctor's office, doesn't count. But, but, <laughs> but are you fasting? If it's supposed to be normal to the Christian life, are you fasting? But before we really dive into that, I want to maybe apply some wrong ways that we could fast. So point number two, fasting can be done wrongly. I promise this goes in a good direction. Um, have you guys ever heard of the season of Lent? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a Roman Catholic practice. Um, basically, you spend a time period where you deprive yourself of something. May it, may it be chocolate or, or sports uh, or coffee, which I have done. Um, I switched to tea. I cheated. Uh, but, but you deprive yourself of something so that, so that you, you kind of realize that God is, 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 is your satisfaction for that need. So instead of having coffee, uh, you would instead drink of God's word in the morning. Instead of, um, in, instead of eating chocolate, you know, instead of having that chocolate cake, you read the Bible, you pray, you do something instead. Um, and, and honestly... That's not the biblical pattern of fasting. Um, and I, I've done it, and I, I don't want to condemn anyone that, that, has, that practices Lent. But, but don't consider that your fast for the year, right? Like, oh, fasting is supposed to be normal for the Christian, and I did Lent. Tick that box. That's not the way it's supposed to be done. So... That's wrongly. God is not supposed to be a replacement for something we enjoy. Instead, he's supposed to be the one whom we enjoy above all things. So taking time to take something out of your life that might, might have been an idol, that might have been something that you relied on instead of God, yeah, that makes sense. But it doesn't take a holiday to do that, does it? <laughs> We should do that anyway. We call that repentance. Uh, that's supposed to be a year-round thing. So depriving ourselves of coffee or sports for a season may show our dependence on coffee, but de deprive ourselves of eating for a period helps us recognize a hunger. Your stomach doesn't let you stop being hungry. If I stop drinking coffee for a week, I'm going to get headaches, really bad headaches. But instead of making me recognize my hunger or thirst for anything, it makes me want to take Tylenol. It makes me want to cover it up. So uh, another way that we can wrongly fast is actually uh, nowhere in the Bible is fasting presented as having a practical purpose. Now, I was taught early in my Christian life that I should fast in order to get God to give me something. And that is my really crude way of, of, of rephrasing what I was taught. But if I, if, I was, if I wanted God's blessing in something, I should fast. That's what I should do. But real fasting is actually not about receiving something. 
we shouldn't fast hoping that God will give us something. Instead, uh, well, actually, I'll get to the insteads. And this, the, you know, I was told I, 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 wanted a, I wanted to get married. That was actually something I wanted. I didn't get married under duress. But, but I wanted to get married. And I was told, hey, you should fast for a wife. Or, or, or when my job was terrible, hey, you should fast for a better job. That's, that's never presented scripturally as the way we should do it. Not once. Our, our goal should not be getting something from God. Also, like I said before, a wrong way to fast would be fasting before you go to the doctor and saying, my spiritual life is awesome, you know, tick in the box. Or when you forget to eat. That was another thing I was actually taught, is like if I miss a meal, I may as well just recognize, oh, I'm fasting for the Lord. Like that, that sounds stupid, and it is stupid, uh, but it was something I was taught, so I just wanted to address it. Um, it's the, over-spiritualizing like that deadens our souls, and it's actually okaying a lie. I wasn't fasting. I forgot to eat. I was busy. Uh, fasting is never biblically defined as, as creating a heightened spiritual experience either. Cults have emphasized that. Uh, Christianish or pagan cults have, 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 um, have made fasting a spiritual discipline whereby you feel God more closely. But nowhere in the Bible is that actually portrayed as true. And, la and lastly, a wrong way to fast is for others to see you. In the example I gave, the older Christian, the more seasoned Christian, uh, was, was surprised that others didn't fast. And actually, the group was surprised that he fasted. He was kind of a quiet soul. He didn't really say much. So when all of a sudden he's, he's surprised, like, I thought this was something everyone did, um, they were surprised that he actually did it. And that's the way it should be. That's the point of secret righteousness, is that we're, 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 and Jesus makes it clear. He says, go ahead and anoint your head and wash your face. By the way, anointing your head was not something extra spiritual, right? That's, that's another rationale for the over-spiritualizing. But anointing your head in this case is put on perfume so you don't smell. Wash your face so you look presentable. You don't want to look awful so other people see you, and then, then you've received your reward. Because if you're trying to look awful when you're fasting so others can see your incredible, wonderful righteousness, then guess what? You don't care about God's incredible, wonderful righteousness. You only care about being seen by others. I'm not calling anyone out here. I'm just saying in general. I'll look right at you, Paul, because I know that that's not going to be you, and I always say hard things when I'm looking at you. So, <laughs> but, but no, I'm serious. Like, I'm not calling anyone out here, but, it, but, but, but we shouldn't fast so others can see us. We shouldn't be righteous in any way so others can see us. This was my devotion to the missions team yesterday, by the way, and I felt really guilty. I was like, I know you're not coming here so people can see your righteousness. That's not what I mean. I felt really guilty saying it because they were a nice bunch. <laughs> but, but we shouldn't be, be being righteous so others can see us. That's the whole point of, the, of this like, series of examples. 
Because if our righteousness is to be seen by others, then we don't care if God sees it. So now that we've explored some ways that fasting can be done wrongly, what are some situations that you could fast rightly? What are some reasons? Well, first and foremost, I would say, fast when you need to sharply turn your gaze back to Christ. Prayer is a pretty common experience, shouldn't it be? I'm pretty sure somewhere in the Bible, uh, Paul tells us to pray unendingly or unceasingly, meaning often, all the time. We're supposed to be praying a lot. Prayer is a normal action in the Christian life in the sense that we have to normally be turning our gaze back to God and, 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 and asking him for things. Why? Because we're dependent on him. But there are times in our lives where we might find that our heart has wandered, it's gotten hard, and we need to sharply turn it back to Christ. We need to yank our hearts back to seeing God properly and relying on him properly. So for instance, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Samuel 12, fast during times of sorrow like David with, did with his child uh, with Bathsheba. His, Nathan comes, he says, hey, your child's going to get sick and die. So what does David do? He takes this news and he begins to fast, mourn, pray, throw on sackcloth and ashes, not trying to necessarily get God to do something, but also because he's just in mourning. He's sad. And why do I think it's not just trying to get God to do something? Well, it's because when the child dies, David takes a shower and he eats dinner. And everybody's like, uh, you okay, man, Mr. Bipolar? And David just says, well, the child was alive. I, I, I wanted to pray, but the child is gone. One day I'll see him again. So fast during times of sorrow. If there's something hard happening in your life right now, and you, you might be focusing on, the, on the, the thing, whatever that thing is, so much that you're ignoring Christ, fast. Skip a meal or two. Read the Bible. Pray. Do something extra. Recognize that hunger, that dependence that you have on the Lord. Uh, you could also fast during times of unrest or danger, like Jehoshaphat did. When the Moabites and Ammonites were threatening attack, right? Everybody knows that story. Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. Or, more well-known, Queen Esther, when Haman was going to wipe out her people. In Esther 4.16, Esther fasts. Not trying to get God's attention, but, but just trying to make sure she was in the right. She had her eyes set towards the God who delivered them from Egypt. You could also fast over sorrow for your sin. Y'all remember Ahab? <laughs> he was the wicked king, one of the worst kings that Israel ever had. Wicked Ahab and his wife Jezebel. But Elijah goes to him and confronts him about his, his sin in 1 Kings 21-27. You know what, Ab what Ahab does? He fasts. He feels the contrition, the guilt, the, the, the weighing down of, of, of sin on him, and so he fasts. And you know what? God responds by prolonging judgment. Because Ahab had contrition over his sin, and even though Ahab's wickedness remained, God had compassion on him. 
Ahab didn't fast because he wanted God's compassion. Ahab fasted because he was a sinner and he knew it. You could also fast when you need God's help and understanding or proclaiming something important. Daniel chapter 9, very first verse. Daniel, or well, not the very first verse, that's verse 3. But Daniel starts realizing he needs God's help and saying that, that he figured out, hey man, it's 70 years, 70 years, we're going to be returning from Babylon. That's exactly what Jeremiah was told. We're hitting 70 years. I need to tell Israel. How am I going to tell Israel this? Uh, how am I going to tell the king this? I'm a good servant to the king. How am I going to do it? And so what does he do? He fasts because he is, he's got too much going on up here. And he fasts, pleading with the Lord that he would be able to do it well. You could also fast when you have an important task to complete for God's glory. Don't fast just because you want advice, but, but because you know that there's something important coming up. Kind of like Jesus did. That's right, Jesus fasted. We all know it. 40 days, 40 nights in the wilderness. Jesus fasted because he was ushering in his, uh, his, his, his ministry. He was ushering in this new thing that, that he, he wanted to make sure his heart was in the right. And you know what? His heart was in the right always, but he still did it. He still humbled himself. Or also the, the church uh, at Antioch, um, when they were setting apart Barnabas and Saul to ministry in Acts 13, you know what they did? They fasted. They fasted because, again, they wanted to make sure. Were, were they choosing the right two guys for the right purpose? Were they, were they doing this right? They wanted, they wanted to make sure their hearts were, were, were sharply turned back to God, that they were doing this for his glory, maybe not because they liked Barnabas and Saul. All these situations are good reasons for us to, to need to wrench our heart and gaze back to Christ, right? Struggle, disease, temptation, conviction, contrition, uh, doing something new. They're all good reasons for us to turn our hearts sharply back to God. And so therefore, when we talk about normalness, the normalness of fasting, we're not talking about twice a week. We're talking about those normal times when we really need our hearts pulled back. And remember I mentioned prayer. Prayer, prayer is a slowing down. It's a, it's a beseeching the Lord. It's, 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 it's a reaching out to him saying, God, I have these needs. I want to make sure that I'm glorifying you. That's what prayer is supposed to be for. It slows you down. And if you're on a road, it's like when you go around those 45-mile-an-hour curves, right? You just slow down a little, probably not to 45, but you go around them a little bit slower than you were going. Fasting is like when you got to slow down to 10. <laughs> it's, it's where this is a sharp curve and you got to slam on the brakes and you got to make sure you're going real slow. Otherwise, you might go down a cliff. That's what fasting is for. It's normal because we do that all the time. So, how then should we fast? What should our attitude be? Because God, God isn't just concerned about the action. He's concerned about the attitude in which we approach the action. So point four, fast when you really need God. Our fasting should be sincere. The, the, the hypocrites, the Pharisees, 
that was not sincere fasting. It was, it, was, it was that time of the week, and so they did it. It was humdrum, it was boring, it was common. It, it made them look good, so they, they did it more so, because they liked the praise of others. This should, fasting should not be an act of religious observance, but it should be an act of joyful dependence. And I know, I know, I just used the word joy and not eating in the same sentence. But, but that's what it's supposed to be. We joyfully depend on the Lord. Every single breath we take is a wonderful gift from God. If God decided today, ah, I'm done with oxygen, he'd be done with us. And we would, we would choke to death. We would asphyxiate. We, we shouldn't be acting like we're dependent on God either. Again, fasting should be sincere. We shouldn't be putting on an act, but we should be showing that we're truly dependent on God. That's how we sharply turn our, our gaze back to him with fasting. Jesus' apostles, by the way, did not fast while he was with them. You remember that? Matthew 9, 14, and 15. Actually, I'll just turn there. Might as well read it. So Matthew 9, 14, and 15, maybe a little further. Then the disciples of John, so John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist's disciples are coming against Jesus' disciples. This is going to be like, like Greece, you know? They're going to walk out and go, go at it. Anyway, sorry, just bad reference. Um, then the disciples of John came to him saying, Why do we fast, then the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away uh, from them, and then they will fast. So Jesus' disciples were, were, were called out. Hey, you're not doing this religious observance. It didn't make sense because Jesus was among them. Now we have the Holy Spirit. But we still have problems, don't we? Don't we? Don't we have problems? So Jesus' apostles didn't fast because fasting is usually associated with, with mourning or another consuming spiritual need like anxiety or depression or, or conviction of sin. It's a spiritual need, not a practical need, a spiritual need. And our hunger for food when we fast, it, it should reflect our hunger for God. Like I said, if I stop drinking coffee, I'm going to get headaches. It's going to be a pain. It's going to be a pain literally in my neck because it goes back, and it hits the back of my neck. When I'm not, when I'm not uh, properly caffeinated, that's what I deal with. Uh, my, my, my muscles tense up. But if I miss a meal, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a pain. It's a pang. My own body is roaring at me. You fool. Put something in me. My whole body cries out, quite literally, for sustenance. And so that hunger is supposed to remind me that my soul, in the same way, is crying out for sustenance in Christ. We can only go so long without eating. We, we, depriving ourselves of food is, is, is something that can only happen for a set amount of time. But even more, 
How much more dependent are you on God? That hunger is supposed to reflect your hunger for God. So you should fast when you really need him. Because sin, like leprosy, by the way, you're not always going to feel hunger pangs. Uh, Have you ever not eaten for several meals and all of a sudden you don't really feel that hungry anymore? Yeah? It's the same way with our spiritual lives. If we are not close enough to the Lord, if we are living in sin, if we are sinning, it's going to be like leprosy. We're going to have our spiritual senses deadened and not realize that we are rending ourselves apart. That's what sin does. So if you feel the conviction of sin, fast. Fast for repentance. Not that God would give you repentance, but you fast because you realize you really need it. You really feel that pain. Fasting, though, should always be done hoping that God will give, him more, give us more of himself. That's the spiritual need we really need. If you suffer from crippling anxiety, this la- these last few days, three days, three days of me running around, I might have seemed chill. Most people would, would have said, like, yeah, he's a really chill guy. On the inside, I'm doing this. Like, like I'm being electrocuted. That's, that's my anxiety. I broke down to my wife. Uh, I don't even remember what day it was. But I was just like this. And, and our tensions were running high, and we got in an argument, and I, and I basically just said, listen, I know you want me to do stuff. I can't do stuff. I got so much stuff on my plate right now, I can't even think straight. I don't even remember if I ate, <laughs> which is why that example came in of when you miss a meal, don't over-spiritualize and call it fasting. But, but I, I, was, I was just anxious. I was just breaking down. That's crippling anxiety. I needed the Lord. I needed his peace. I needed his comfort. So I needed to wrench my heart back to him. I did not, however, fast because everybody else ate at the same time. We were providing food, and I might as well just eat. Anyway, it's my bad. My bad. I missed a golden, blessed opportunity. Um, but fasting should always be done hoping that God will give, him more, give us more of himself. If we fast when we really need God, God's going to be faithful He's going to reward us by turning us back to him, by fixing our gaze back on him. When they, uh, when they were repairing some of our gutters outside, they used duct tape. Uh, so you're going to see some duct tape wrapped gutters. Um, and, and sometimes we need somebody to put the duct tape on our spiritual lives to fill in the, the leaky holes. Ultimately, that needs to be the Lord. So fasting is normal. It's an act of secret righteousness, uh, whereby we deprive our bodies of food because what we need is food, but more than what we need in being food, we need the Lord. We need God himself. Uh, in our country, it's... I, 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 you know, I, I think... I think our country is oversaturated with food in the sense that, that we, we, we have the freedom to stress eat or binge eat uh, when we're feeling low. But when we're feeling low, we're supposed to be looking up to him who is on the high seat, the high, the high king of heaven. And that, that, that stress eating or binge eating, that is exactly where I fall. 
I mean, this belly took a lot of work, but, but that's where I fall. That's, that's my faultiness. I find myself there. But the earthly comfort of food is just temporary. That's why we can eat a whole bag of chips. Because, because we, we, it's, it's a fading glory. No, what I need in times of trouble is not a bag of, of Stacy's pita chips. It's the Lord. I need my heart turned sharply back to him. I need my, my, my mind bent to his will and his plans and, a will, and willing to be submissive, submissive to them. Friends, do not neglect fasting. Though if you have medical concerns, talk to your doctor first. Uh, had that, had, got reminded of that today. But do not neglect fasting. Are you troubled by earthly problems? Are your insides churning because of temporal things? Is it possible that you're neglecting a closeness to your father? Or you may be acting like the Pharisees, showing off your righteousness somehow? Where do you need to repent? And I, I fear that we, like Calvin implied, have, have forgotten the usefulness of fasting and don't worry much about fasting and, showing, and we just show off our righteousness. I fear that's where our country of Christians is. I fear that we consider fasting superstitious or unrealistic, thus forgetting our true need, our true sustenance. Do you wish to be close to Christ? Do you feel far from him? Have you forgotten his nearness? Then fast, because he'll remind you sharply. He'll reward you kindly that he is close. And in your hunger, you might find yourself strangely comforted. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the reminder of fasting, because in our context, really, honestly, we, we need the reminder of, of, of needing to do it. I don't think we act like fasting is normal, and yet we do act like troubles are normal. We know that. We know that to be true, and so may we know that fasting should be normal as well. Help us as a, as a congregation to respond to your dealings in, in, in the story of this creation uh, with fasting, with humble dependence on you, Lord. May we not be so, so proud as to neglect you um, like I know I so often am. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you, friends, forgotten your neediness on the Lord? Do you feel your heart troubled by earthly woes? If so, fast. But not today, because it's Potluck Sunday. Go in peace, saints.